Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Come on, that nine o'clock service beat you. I'm not going to lie to you, man. How y'all doing today? Good? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, I'm Brad Livingston. I'm the, I have the tremendous honor of being the lead pastor of this amazing church. I want you to give yourself a hand for being here today, and uh, we love all of you. I met some first-time guests already today. Man, we're so honored to have all of you with us, and, and uh, man, we just know that uh, we know that God wants to do something great in your life, and we're, we're believing that he's going to do something great in your life. And um, we're also believing that if you don't have a home, this is a home for you, all right? So we have a phrase, we say, you belong before you believe here at TC, and, and we believe that no matter where you may be, this is a safe space for you to figure out what Jesus wants for your life. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, he wants the best for your life. Can I get an amen, church? All right, good. And so uh, today we want to talk to you a little bit about what Pastor Dan mentioned uh, earlier. Can we just give it up for our founding pastor and my dad, Pastor Dan Livingston, the legend. No, man, it's so, it's so good to have you guys here today. So we're talking about peace today in the focus series. The first week we talked about boundaries. How many guys with that series, that message on boundaries, very helpful for you? Just like... You already put some things in place. And so uh, we've been getting great feedback from all across the country. And so next year, we're actually going to do a whole series on boundaries. Uh, and so we're going we're to try to help. Anytime we hear that, then that's where an area where we want God to speak into our life. It's not that I'm speaking to your life. It's that God wants to speak into your life. And if we find some of them places, man, we always want to do what the Lord speaks. And so boundaries. Then last week, we talked about the ABCs of rest, right? Approval, blessing, celebration. And how if our approval our source of approval, our source of blessing, and our source of celebration. If God is those things and not people and not our jobs and anything else, then we can find true rest. Um, and so, man, today we're going to talk about peace. Turn to your neighbor and say peace. And so we're going to talk a little bit about peace. And so uh, how many guys know that peace kind of feels like very much like rest? Peace is at an all-time low. Doesn't life have a way of disrupting your peace? Doesn't it have a way of like coming in and shaking up your world so much that peace can be a little hard to find, can it? And so when we talk about peace, one of the things that we actually want to help you understand today is where peace is and how you can find it and how you can keep it. How many of y'all, you go through glimmers of peace, but you want to keep peace. Anybody? Just four of us? What the rest of y'all just smooth sailing, huh? So how many of y'all don't just, you want to find peace, but you want to keep peace, how many of y'all want to live in a state of peace? Any of y'all ever hang out with people that seem like they're not bothered by anything? You're like, how do you like that? Well, either, either they don't have a care in the world or what is probably the better reality, which is they got something different in their life and we want some of that. Amen. And so let's talk about it today. Let's talk about peace. Because what we tend to think is we tend to think that peace is a position. We tend to think that peace is a place, is, is something that we can obtain whenever we're done with a certain season in our life. So what we tend to think is peace is a position. We're going to, a position defined, I think it's in your notes, they'll throw it up on the screen, but position is defined by this uh, be, being put in a particular place, Right? And so when we're put into a particular place, that's, that's a position. And peace isn't a matter of being put into a particular place. 
It's actually defined quite a bit differently. And we want to we give that to you today because what I feel like in my heart is a lot of people are looking for the place of peace, aren't we? But it's a little bit different. Isaiah 9, 6 says this. It's the, the prophet Isaiah, and he's actually talking about Jesus here. He says, for, uh, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now I'm going to hit the pause button right there for a second and let you know there is no elected official that can bring you more peace than you have right now. Hear me. You can't put anybody in office that brings you peace. Only God can bring you peace. And some of you have less peace because you keep watching CNN and Fox News and Facebook feeds. And if you turn some of that junk off, you'd be able to get some peace in your life. Can I tell you something? None of them, all they're looking for is more customers to keep turning it on. That's why they keep baiting you with fear so they can disrupt your peace and keep you coming back for more. So turn it off for a little while and watch how much better life gets. Matter of fact, I, I do believe God told me to tell some people in here today that for some of you, you need to delete your Facebook or Instagram apps off your phone for 30 days and watch how much peace God brings in your life when you get rid of some of the nonsense in your life and start bringing in something healthy. That was for free. That wasn't even in my notes. I just feel like y'all should have that. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many of y'all need a Wonderful Counselor? How many of y'all at this point will take any counselor? I'm just kidding. So, Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and say this with me, prince of peace. We need the prince of peace in our life. And so what we tend to do is try to get through seasons of our life, don't we? I remember I was sitting, uh, I went to a conference a few months back, and while I was there, I got to listen to Craig Rochelle, who's an amazing pastor of Life Church, and and he was there speaking to a lot of pastors, and he was talking about this idea that maybe the joy that you're looking for is in your journey, not at the end of it. Maybe the glory that you're hoping to feel in your life isn't at the, isn't at the top of the mountain, but it's in the grind on the way up. And as he started rattling off some statements that he was saying, they all started hitting home, and quite frankly, I was in tears he was like 30 seconds into his intro and I'm already crying because what he was saying was penetrating my soul because he, he mentioned how sometimes we're so busy trying to get through a season in my life. We're not paying attention to what God's trying to do in a season in our life. And so he was, he mentioned this and for some of us, I think some of us are the same way, right? Like we'll take parents for just a minute. If you're a parent in here today, for some of you parents, you, you have a kid, right? And then they're in this baby crying stage. First of all, I love how every parent that has their first child acts like they're the only parent to ever have a child that cries. It's all, it's, it's every, it, it, every time. Me and Ashley were the same way. We are like, I think our baby is the first baby to ever do this. And it was like, no, <laughs> every baby does. But nonetheless, we, we wait till, so they're in this crying phase. You know what we do? We're like, I can't wait till they're two years old so they can finally be through this. And then they get to two. And how many of y'all know what happens when you get to two? All you parents are sitting there like, yeah, good luck with that. Then when they're two, you're like, you know what? I can't wait till they start school so I can start having some, some me time a little bit here and there. So they go to school. And then once they're in school, you know what you start doing? You're like, man, I can't wait till they become like independent. I can't wait till they get like middle school. They can become like independent thinkers a little bit. Every parent that's ever had a kid in middle school, you, now is your moment to laugh at that comment right now, right? You're like, 
And then you're in middle school, you're like, I am so tired of this attitude at 10 to 12 years old. I can't wait till they get to high school. See, see, parents, pay attention. Then they get to high school, and they become little you. All of you have texted your parents at one point and been like, I'm so sorry. And so then they get to high school, and you, you know, you're like, I can't wait till they can drive because I can stop taking them everywhere. I've got swim practice, soccer practice, football practice, basketball practice, baseball practice, chess club. And if they're in this one, I don't know what they're doing in these. But nonetheless, right, it's like, but they... Yeah, they end up in uh, like you know. I can't wait till they drive. Then they start driving. You're like, man, I can't wait till they they. I can't wait till they're out of the house because then you know we can just have us time. We got to deal with all that. Then they're out of the house, and before you realize that, you wished away your child because you couldn't wait to get through each season so much that you ignored the opportunity you had in each season. I remember I did it with I did it with Javen. So I, I remember just. I looked back and, and I was, I'm such a compartmentalizer that for those of you that don't know, my son got sick and he battled a disease for three and a half years before ultimately the Lord took him home to be in heaven. And, and I remember through that three and a half years, I, I was so, I had so much angst in me that I couldn't wait to be through the season that I didn't appreciate what I had in the season. Because you may be wishing away the very thing that God's getting ready to take away. And we shouldn't be wishing away our seasons. We shouldn't be trying to fight through our seasons. We need to be finding peace in our seasons. But how do you do that? I know that's what some of y'all are thinking. Like, that sounds great, Pastor. Uh, where I find that at? Chick-fil-A. That's where peace is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go to Mark chapter 4, guys. That's where we're going to pull from a story today. From the Jesus, to kind of catch you up, if you're not familiar with this story, Jesus and his disciples, he, they get ready to go out into the sea out on the boat. And so as they go out on the boat, they kind of find themselves in this, uh, this storm, right? In Mark 4, we're going to pick up at verse 35, if you've got your Bibles with you. It says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling with water. Anybody ever had your life feel that way? Like storms are hitting you and water's just coming in. You feel like you're going to sink. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Can I go ahead and tell you something? Jesus sleeps through the very things that keep you up at night. He was asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die, that we're perishing? And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And you want to know what he was saying there? See, they had already seen him perform some miracles. They had walked with him as he did some amazing things. They saw it with their own eyes. But when it came down to their storm, they didn't know how to trust him. And for some of us, We've seen God do amazing things in people's lives. We've seen him perform miracles before, but when it comes to our storm, do we trust him? But when we have peace, you see, what we've what we got to realize when it comes to peace, because we're going to talk about discovering peace today, and the first thing you've got to know about discovering peace is that peace is a person, not a position. Peace is a person, not a position. You don't need 
a peaceful situation. You don't need, peace isn't a lack of wind blowing. Peace isn't a lack of water coming onto your boat. Peace isn't a lack of bad circumstances. Peace is Jesus in your circumstances. Peace is Jesus in your boat because you can have no wind, no rain, no storm. And without Jesus, you still have the fear of what could be. But when you have Jesus, you can overcome any fear of both what is or what may be coming. You see, Jesus is our peace. John 14, 27 says it like this. Peace I leave with you. Jesus is talking. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world does. Something that can be taken away. Something that's broken. Something that's fragmented. Something that's ruined. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. That's the peace Jesus brings. Because the peace, the peace Jesus gives you isn't a feeling of peace. It's a person of peace. He's in it with us. Isaiah 41.10 says this, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is God talking, not just to you, but to you in the middle of everything you're going through. See, here's the key about peace. We got to look to Jesus to be our peace, not just bring us peace. You want to know why? Because he's the rock that can't be moved. In the middle of the storm, he's the one thing that's constant. I was reading up on uh, boating captains. And so if you've ever read about boating, if you ever get stuck in a storm, I remember we were coming back from deep sea fishing one time. We saw a storm coming and I've never been so, I've never felt so helpless or hopeless other than when clouds are surrounding you and you can't see land. Cause there ain't a boat big enough, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if I'm on a carnival cruise ship. It ain't big enough. I needed to be on some dirt. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and so, but I was talking to some boating captains and they were telling me, and as I was reading and then I started talking to them, they were, they were talking about there's two, you had two options really whenever you find yourself in a storm. You got two options. That's all you have. The first one, which is the, is the one that most of them said, this is, the, this is vital. You have to do this. And the first thing you have to do in the middle of a storm is keep moving. You got to keep moving. They said, keep the motor running and you keep moving until you can get out of the storm. You keep pushing and you keep going because if you don't have enough line for your anchor, there's no way you can survive. As a matter of fact, if you try to drop your anchor too soon, the boat will capsize in the waves if you don't have enough line on your anchor. They said, you gotta keep moving and hear me for some of you today, activity for many of you is gonna be the only way you survive your storm. For many of you, you've cut off the spiritual engine and you said, I'm not doing anything. And that's the worst thing you can do because the enemy is about to eat your lunch. He's about to bring the wind that is gonna sink your ship because you weren't willing to keep moving through the storm knowing that Jesus is on your boat with you. For some of you, you have to realize 
that Jesus is telling you, move, keep moving. I know it's hard, but keep moving. I know it feels like the wind is coming in, but just keep moving. I know the rain and if it, the circumstances. You see clouds over here and lightning is going off all around you. I know you feel like the waves are crashing into your boat, but hear me. It looks like the sea, the waves are getting too big. You don't know what you're going to do. Just keep moving. Just keep going because there's coming an end to this. There's coming a time. And if you'll just trust me, if you'll just keep moving, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know you don't know what to do. And I know that you don't have all the answers, but you have me and I have all the answers and I'll carry you. And I may never give you every bit of insight into why you're going through this that you need. You may never have all the confidence that you need, that you have every answer, but what you have is the God that has every answer. And if you'll just keep moving and you'll trust me, I'll carry you through everything you come in contact with. And that's so hard. I know because I've been there. But your other option, because sometimes you just run out of gas, don't we? Anybody ever just been going and run out of gas? You, I just got, I just, I can't go anymore. Now hear me today. If you've only been going through what you're going through for two weeks, don't give me that. Can I, can I meddle in your business for a minute? Some of you have been going through a tough season for four days and you think your world's caving in. And you're complaining to people around you who's been going through it for four years. Real talk. You got to put your head on straight and trust Jesus a little bit. Because at some point you got to move out of diapers into real pants. At some point you got to get off milk and start getting on meat. And at some point you got to start trusting Jesus to get you through everything instead of whining through everything. Hear me today. Faith is what will carry you, but you've got to believe in the faith. We've got to trust that God is going to come through on our behalf. And so I'm just, I'm just talking to you today to let you know that, yeah, there comes a point where you go, you know what, I'm too tired to keep going. And it's not, hear me today, it's not I don't feel like I can keep going because your feelings will fool you. Choices lead, feelings follow. So your feelings will fool you, but there comes a time when you can't go anymore. And when you get to that point, here's what you got to do. You make sure you got enough line on your anchor and you drop that bad boy right into the middle of the storm. You know who your anchor is? Jesus. And you know what your line is? Faith. And you make sure you got enough faith on Jesus, enough line on your anchor, and you drop it and you hold to the immovable object of your faith that will never let go of your boat. And here's the trick. Here's, I'm going to give it to you. You know what you have to do when you drop anchor in a storm? You got to go against your gut instinct and you got to steer your boat heading right into the wind. So if you're going to put that anchor down, if you're going to drop line, you make sure you got enough faith and you let Jesus be the only thing that holds you in the middle of your storm. And here's the good news. He's never failed us yet. He's more than enough. You want to know why? Because when we have Jesus in our storm, we have peace, even if the winds never stop. When we got Jesus in our boat and in our storm, we've got all that we need. You see, many of us keep looking for positions of peace in our circumstances and situations rather than getting the person of peace into our circumstances. See, we don't need a position. We need the person. And his name is Jesus. Number two, I want you to realize that peace is about faithfulness, not fearlessness. Peace 
is about faithfulness, not fearlessness. You ever, you ever get around extra spiritual religious folks? Don't they get on your nerves? You try to tell them what you're going through, and they're like, well, you, you, you know, you just need to pray more. I don't know why I assume that every religious person's a redneck. It just happens naturally. I'm not sure why I do that. You just need to pray more. It's like, yeah, thanks, Susan. Thanks, Bob. Like, got that part. But what? Ha- you, but then when a storm hits their life, you see them fall apart. Sorry if you're a Susan or a Bob in here. It's not personal. I just picked two names. But how many of y'all know, like, doesn't that happen to you? Let's, uh, they, they got good suggestions until it's their storm. Because you want to know why? Peace isn't about being fearless. It's about being faithful. We go to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Bible. If you've ever heard the story uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, Abednego, sorry. They were getting ready to... They, they, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this statue. And he, it's, a, it's a golden idol. And he says, everyone's going to bow down and worship it. And so these three boys are like, nah, we're not going to do that. And he says, no, you're going to. If you don't, you're getting thrown in the fire. And so that's where, let's go to Daniel 3 real quick. It's in your notes. I'll throw it up on the screen. Daniel 3. This is what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But here's the part, and this is what some of us need to get, because that's faith. But here's the piece that we need to understand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. See, sometimes peace is going, I know God's going to do this, but if he doesn't, Hear me today. What if he doesn't? Is he less God because he didn't answer your prayers the way you prayed them? Is he less of God because he didn't give you everything you thought you wanted? Anybody ever prayed for a relationship to work out? Y'all getting what I'm putting down. How many of y'all got one of those thank God moments? Like, thank God I didn't marry that person. woo You want to know why? Because we don't always know what we should be praying. Can we be honest? We don't always know what we should be praying. Sometimes we're praying for God to do something, and God's saying, if I did that, you have no idea the disaster you would be in. I know you want this, but I'm going to give you this. And it doesn't look like this is what you want, but in 10 years you realize this is what you needed. And what we need is the person of peace in our life. And so... What happens? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get thrown in the fire. Matter of fact, King Nebuchadnezzar made the fire so hot that when they opened the door, it was seven times hotter and it killed the guards on the outside. They throw the three boys into the fire and the Bible says that not even a hair on their arm was burned. Matter of fact, it said that the Bible says that they threw three in, but God was actually in the fire with them. How crazy is that? Now, surely the three boys, I, I, I love to believe that like behind closed doors, the three of them got together and they're like, hey man, you know, Jesus is going to save us, right? And be like, y'all fasted, right? Everyone fasted three days. 
okay. Meshach's like, man, listen, I only fasted two. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. <laughs> right? They're like, you, you only fasted? He's like, I only fasted two days. They're like, he's like, man, they had, they had the stew. I don't know what to tell you. They had the stew. It looked good. But, but I could see them being like, hey, listen, like, God's going to save us, right? Like, y'all think he's going to come through, right? right we, we, we paint these, like, mystical images of them, don't we? But they were people, man. And listen, there's nothing wrong with going before God and saying, listen, I've trusted you and I've told everyone else I trust you, but you're going to come through, right? And we laugh about it now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, we, we got the right sayings at church. We're just trusting God. It's going to come through. Then, we get, then we're honest with somebody. Like, man, I think he's going to come through. And you want to know what you need? You don't need more confidence. You don't need more fearlessness. You need to make sure you're hanging on with faithfulness. Be faithful that even if you're staring into the fire, because listen to me, we got to start looking for God's entrance into our life, not our exit from it. We got to look for how he's trying to get into our fires, not how he's trying to get us out of them. Because God is aiming to do that. Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Which brings us to number three. Sorry, number three, and we'll give this to you. You got to realize that peace is found in turning around. What do you mean by that, pastor? Well, for many of us, we lack peace because we voluntarily put ourselves in bad positions. I'm going to meddle in your business for a second, so bear with me. Tuck your toes in, all right? I'm going to step on them. But I mean it from the sincerity of my heart because I care for you. Some of you keep putting yourself in peaceless environments and can't figure out why you don't have it. You keep hanging out with those people and can't figure out why you're messed up. Listen, some of you can't stay out of other people's bed sheets and you're not married to them and you can't figure out why life is going crazy. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. For some of you, you need to put a lifestyle of repentance back into your life. And I don't mean that from a judgmental tone because the Bible says we've all sinned. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm the leader of the group here telling you that I've blown it quite a few times. I got a rap sheet that's impressive to criminals, let alone Christians. But what I'm trying to tell you is we've all blown it. So this isn't me judging you. Hear me for a second. This is me trying to help you. You see, for some of you, you're trying to live the life the way you want to live it, but look for the peace that can only come from heaven. And that's not the way this works. Jesus comes on the scene when we repent of the areas of our life we need out of our scene, but they don't co-inhabit the same place. You can't bring the person of peace in until you get rid of the disruption of peace. And for some of you, you've got relationships You've got people at your work. Some of you are married and you are entertaining things at your work that's gonna kill your marriage. For some of you, you're chasing after a job that you were never supposed to have because it's gonna wreck your spiritual life. For some of you, you're chasing after someone you're not married to. For some of you, quite frankly, you just keep putting yourself in bad friend environments that are destroying your faith. 
And the Bible says that we need to repent. We gotta turn from fear to faith, but we also gotta turn from sin to savior. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says this, and after John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee and proclaimed the good news of God. And he said, the time has come. Hear me for a second. Say the time. For some of you, the time for peace has come. And he said, the kingdom of God has come near. For some of you, the kingdom of God has come near. He's ready to change your life. He's ready to do something brand new for you that you've been looking for for a long time. But he says, these are the two things you got to do to see it. Repent and believe. Which means repent, not some super spiritual word. All it means is to turn around. Go the other direction. What areas of your life do you need to turn around from? And it's time to go in a new direction. Repent and then believe. Repent of those areas of your life, but then start believing Jesus that he's all that you need. You see, when the kingdom of God draws near, the thing you have to do is turn into the direction of God. And for some of you, man, you've, you've tried to find fulfillment in your work. You've tried to find it in your family. You've tried to boast on your income or your achievements. Some of you got the biggest I love me wall with plaques galore for all the things you've done. But none of it means anything if you don't have the person of peace in your life because you can't buy your way to happiness. I've sat beside the bed of millionaires as they've taken their last breath. Part of what we do as pastors sometimes. And you want to know what none of them wish for more of? Money. None of them wish they bought that bigger boat. None of them wish they had that nicer house. All of them wish they did more for God and loved their family better. That sounds like a peaceful life, doesn't it? Let's do more for God. Love your family better. Which in case you weren't keeping track from a few weeks ago, those are the two biggest priorities in our lives. Love God and love people. John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you will have, say it with me, peace. Because in this world, Everything is smooth sailing, no problems. You'll have no disruptions, no circumstances that'll throw you off track. Is that what it says? He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Today, you don't need a new position. You need a new person. And his name is Jesus. Let's pray today. God, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you are so close to us and that you carry us. We love you today. We look to you to be our everything. We look to you to bring us peace. We look to you to be in the fire with us. We look to you to be on the boat with us. So God, forgive us. Right now, church, just in your own words for a second, I want you to ask God just to forgive you for areas that you have not trusted him, for you've thought that you knew better than he did, just in your heart right now, it's okay. Father, forgive us for where we, we thought we knew better than you. 
We thought we had a better grasp on our reality than you did. But you've never let us down. Even though things maybe didn't pan out the way we thought they should. The only way you let us down is if you leave us. But you already said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we trust you. We look for what you brought us through. And we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name, if you're in this room with every head bowed and your eyes closed this morning, if you need the Prince of Peace in your life, his name is Jesus. And your sin and my sin separated us from God. God couldn't be close to us because of the areas of our life that were messed up. But John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if we would believe in him, we wouldn't have to perish, but we could experience and have eternal life. And today, if you need the Prince of Peace in your life, if you need Jesus to give you a fresh start, if you're ready for your sins to be washed away, and you're ready for Jesus to give you a brand new beginning, and you're ready to put your faith in him, you're ready to turn it around, and you're ready for God to take control of your life. If that's you today, right where you sit, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. Neither is my team. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you today. If that's you and you want Jesus in your life, right where you sit, will you raise your hand and say, that's me, pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Awesome. God bless you. Yes. Awesome. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you today. Is there more that says, that's me. I need peace. I need a new beginning. I need God in my life. Awesome. Yes. Maybe you're watching us online right now and you're saying, that's me, pastor. I need God in my life. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. And this prayer doesn't magically make you saved. Putting your faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins and gave you access to God. That is what makes you saved. And so today we're going to pray a prayer that speaks the words of the actions of faith in our heart. So church, let's pray it with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I believe in you. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that pray that, perhaps for the first time. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.